Welcome to the Say Yes More podcast. I'm Dave Cornthwaite, and although we'll no doubt have plenty of other hosts stepping in to host this podcast over the coming weeks, months, and years, as the founder of Say Yes More, I'd love to kick off this new channel with a story about how Say Yes More came into being. Whether you've been a member of the Yes Tribe since its inception in 2015, or you have no idea what this movement or community is about, we've come a long, long way in the past three and a half years, and gloriously, it didn't start off with any kind of plan. Whatever it is that you're aspiring to, a bit of hard graft, teamwork, and a willingness to let crazy ideas run their course is the perfect mix of ingredients for a life well lived. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this story. Back in 2005, I was a depressed mid-twenty-something with a job that paid the bills but sucked my soul dry. And one morning I woke up on my birthday and realised my cat was so much cooler than I was. Saying yes more was the decision that came out of that realisation. And it ultimately led me far, far away from spending my days doing work that I hated and living a mundane lifestyle that wasn't ever going to give me an idea of what I could really accomplish. It started as a personal motto, a gentle reminder that saying no all the time not only ensured a pretty bland life, but would eventually have a reductive impact on my general attitude. Saying yes was a decision that gave me new experiences, friends, life-changing ideas, and improved my mental and physical health. And ever since I let that motto influence my general path through life, things have gotten better and better. I woke up on the morning of my 25th birthday and realised my cat had a much better life than me. And I'm not even joking. It might, it might sound like uh, a well-rehearsed tale, and maybe in some regards it definitely is. But I honestly thought, wow, as a human and all of the potential decisions I could be making, why am I choosing to have a life that I don't really enjoy? And I started to, to whittle it down, and the bare essentials were... I said no a hell of a lot. I lived in Swansea in South Wales and I went surfing I think once in in six years. That kind of sums it up. I was a long-haired kid as well so uh, I definitely should have been spending my time on the waves. Uh, I didn't really uh, go and see my friends too much. I didn't have too many experiences, new skills or hobbies etc 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 and right back then I decided that say yes more should be a motto that I felt would, would, would drag me out of the doldrums. So it led on to quitting the job and then, and then starting to try a whole bunch of new adventures and, and projects that started off skateboarding across the UK and Australia. And then I had a, a couple of years when I, was, when I was kind of drifting around, but pretty determined to, to try and create some kind of interesting life. Back then, between 2007 and 2009, I didn't really know what that meant, but slowly it evolved into uh, out of a couple of social projects and then more and more long distance endurance adventures and say yes more was always just this this quiet message that i didn't talk about at all and then in august 2012 or maybe maybe a, a couple of months before that I was I knew that I was going to take on uh, probably the hardest hardest challenge that I'd I decided on up until then and that was to take a pair of swimming goggles that my parents had got me for Christmas and then swim 1000 miles down the Missouri River or the lower Missouri 
Uh, I, I figured that I'd have a huge amount of time to, to practice swimming once I got on the trip. And usually I don't train at all for these, these Expedition 1000 journeys. But uh, I remember I wrote to Orca who make, who make wetsuits and, and they, were, they were really supportive and sent me a couple of them. And I thought to myself, maybe this is where I break the habit of, of not training for my trips. I've heard that swimming can be pretty hard. So I went down to Brockwell Lido in South London and pulled on this, this wetsuit and then jumped in the pool. And I, I must have done maybe, oh, I don't know, three or four lengths and I was just absolutely knackered. And I, I couldn't get the breathing right because of the waves generated by the other swimmers. <laughs> and and I, just, I just got out of the pool and thought, uh, you know what? I, I'm just going to learn on the Missouri. I've got I've got two months to swim. So where say yes more comes into all of this, uh, it might it might sound like I just gave up on swimming because I because I didn't do any more than four lengths in that pool. But actually for me, just saying yes before you're ready is such a powerful message. And I knew that I'd, I'd be in the Missouri River for a couple of months, and I definitely learned to swim in that time if I if I did it every single day. Uh, and I I felt like I I could definitely take that challenge on. I wanted to raise some money for Copperfield, a charity about breast cancer awareness run by my friend Chris, who was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer when she was, I think she was 24 years old. Um, I might have to fact check that. But Chris had set up this incredible charity called Copperfield. I wanted to raise money for them. And I, I, I figured that I'd just be way too tired having swum all day, every day down a big river to do any justice to the fundraising effort. So uh, I, I recruited a team I, and a couple of months before the trip, I, I was wondering what message I should put on the t-shirts. I, I felt like the idea of having kind of this generic and time-stamped Missouri River Expedition 2012 on a t-shirt was pretty boring. And I, I just thought, how, how cool would it be just to have a, a positive message on, on the shirts? And I just got to thinking and, and slowly I just, I just realized that Say Yes More was the most obvious one. It had been my personal motto for so long and uh, I hadn't really talked about it up until then. We found a, a printer, I think in Missouri or Dakota or something like that, and they sent the t-shirts into Chamberlain, South Dakota, where the swim uh, was due to start. And we had a big launch party in this brilliant uh, hotel right by the Missouri, this huge river. And I was just, I was so looking forward to the next day. And I just thought, you know what, that river's basically a flowing swimming pool. Yeah, there might be a few eddies and a bit more currents than perhaps you'd find in Brockwell Lido in South London, but I was, I was just excited. Uh, we, so we had this big launch party, loads of locals came out, maybe uh, 150 people, and we sold every one of those 100 t-shirts that we'd had printed up with Say Yes More on the front. Um, obviously kept a couple back for, for the team, but I'd figured that it would take the whole journey, the whole eight weeks to, uh, to get rid of those shirts. We, you know, we'd give them to people who helped us out or maybe sell them for, for more fundraising bucks on the way down, but every single one of the shirts went at the launch party. And that was the first little hint that maybe this idea of saying yes more was, was a message that I should talk about a little bit more. I swam for 58 days and getting out of that water in St. Louis after swimming 1,001 miles was just a brilliant feeling. And I was just exhausted after that trip, but I had about a month, a month off the river. I stayed in St. Louis and then decided to do a speaking tour around the US. So I, I posted a message on Facebook and, and sure enough, uh, enough people came came back to 
to say, yeah, we'd love you to come and, and speak to our community club or our business or our school or whatever it might be. So I, I traveled around for a little bit and printed up a, a couple of hundred more t-shirts with Say Yes More on and, and people were buying them. And it was just this, this revelation. I called, I called that speaking tour the Say Yes More tour. And I spoke to maybe one and a half thousand people in, in a few weeks. Uh, it was really fulfilling. I realized there was there was something in that message that resonated way beyond me. There was some real value in sharing it. It didn't take long before I was receiving emails and, and Facebook messages from people saying, oh, I, you know, I've started saying yes more since I listened to your talk or have heard you talk about it on the radio or whatever. And, um, and it's really made a difference. And, you know, it wasn't just people going off on big adventures. They were quitting jobs that were sucking their soul. One guy even wrote me a message saying, you know what, I heard about Say Yes More and there's been this amp, a music amp, in the corner of my lounge for two years and it's been broken. And I, I just thought to myself this morning, you know what, you need to say yes more. Got up and fixed the amp. And I absolutely love that. It had gone beyond adventure. A couple of years after I completed that swim down the Missouri, uh, in early 2015, I was coming to the end of a relationship and it wasn't the easiest time, but I guess... At a time like that, you start thinking about what's the next phase in life. I'd also been on the move for a long, long time and was really starting to feel the need for a community. I thought rather than just try and find one, I was just like, hell, why, why don't I just start one myself with, you know, exactly the type of people I want to be hanging out with? I'd been on the move pretty much since 2007 at that point and I was starting to feel tired and I, I wanted to be in the same place more often than not um, and, and build up a friendship group. I've always had a passion to get people to be doing new things, uh, lead happier lives and getting outside. There's, there's, there's so much value and medicine in walking out into the open air and it helps you make those big quality decisions in life which I really don't believe you can make in a room. It also just feels good. It, you don't feel like looking at your screen when you're outside. The natural next phase almost felt like developing a community based on getting outside. So I then found myself looking at my Facebook page which I think back in 2015 maybe had, I don't know, six and a half, seven thousand followers. That's a guess and I realised that I didn't really know many of them. Uh, some of them had tuned in because uh, I'd, I'd met them en route on a journey and obviously my family were on there and, and whatever but I just decided to kind of embark on on a joint project that summer not just trying to create a community but also just to try and turn those Facebook followers into real people so I did it by by posting an invite to come camping near London I asked a couple of friends to get involved and help organize that first trip came back to England and I think a couple of days I'd been away for a while and a couple of days after that I headed off to, uh, once upon a time I said it was Liverpool Street, but thinking back it was Marlebone train station and we took a train out and 19 people met underneath the clock in the station and a couple of the faces were familiar but for everybody else they were all strangers and there were a whole bunch of people I didn't know there either. So we, we got a train out for half an hour and and just walked up a hill to a place called Wendover Woods and there was this little kind of barbecue on a stick there which which I guess was there for other people camping and we we set a fire going and, and, and stopped in at a supermarket before we walked up the hill and everyone just kind of like roasted a sausage or a pepper or whatever, took their fancy. And we got to know each other around that fire. Uh, and then everyone kind of slinked off to their hammocks or their tents or their bivvy bags and, 
Uh, it just felt like such a, a lovely night. People got up early the next morning and headed back to work. It was a, it was a school night, and I kind of imagined that they were all just a little bit smelly and perhaps a touch sheepish, just kind of walking into work wearing the same clothes that they wore when they left the night before with the same rucksack on their back. But I also had the feeling that they just had such a good night and they'd, they'd made 18 new friends. And I certainly felt that way as well. And, and it was an absolute no-brainer to do the same thing the next week. And, and that week, like 25 people turned up and then we did it again and 29 turned up and these weren't all the same people uh, so obviously kind of people were chatting about this and after that first or maybe it was even just before that first camp out I'd I thought okay uh, I'd like to create this community around the people who came camping I wasn't really sure whether it would work and I didn't even know whether I had the energy to kind of go beyond that one that one camp but the first one was uh, was so invigorating that that little micro adventure that it made sense just to carry on so we we had a, a Facebook group then called the yes tribe and I think I had a page on my website called join Dave or something silly like that and sure enough every every single week sometimes twice a week I'd host a new camp out I'd get together with other people who had a little bit of a following or some kind of interest in organizing outdoor stuff and we were paddleboarding down the Thames and around the coast in Cornwall we had kind of mindfulness based weekends and sometimes it was just simply you know heading out for the summer solstice up to the Hadley Castle uh, in Essex and yeah I think the biggest the biggest camp out was maybe maybe 50 people or so really nice relationships started to form in those first few weeks which I wasn't to know at the time but um, some of those faces would become really integral parts of say yes more as it turned from just a message into a movement at the end of that summer in October 2015 I got together with with some of those brand new friends who I'd met during these camping trips and we decided to run a festival. I'd always wanted to to run a Yestival. <laughs> it had been in my mind for, for maybe a decade, but it wasn't until that moment that there was a community. There, was, there were actually people who could come to this festival that I could see actually turning up. So we didn't really have a great deal of experience in this stuff. Uh, everyone just kind of mulled in. I did a whole bunch of the project management work. Andy was great with uh, insurance and fire extinguishers and lighting and spreadsheets. And Julia had, um, had organized a few events uh, in the past. A guy called Tim, his family had a farm in Kent and we, he managed to get some kind of permission for us to have a festival on, on that farmland. And we, we brought it together in, in such a small amount of time. And honestly, when it happened, 180 people turned up. I'd pulled in loads of kind of built up credit over the years and asked loads of friends from the world of adventure to, to come into the, the Yesterval field. And, oh man, it was, it was just really, really special. Uh, honestly up until then the best weekend of my lifetime it was amazing we had 35 speakers i think from the world of adventure and science and just people who had done something they were just examples of once upon a time having made a decision and then acted on it and it was it was magic they all stayed around for the whole weekend and uh, it just felt like such an amazing vibe there was there was something fizzing in the air and i, I guess in the months and the year 
after that first Yestival, it really felt like something was taking off. The Yes tribe grew not only on Facebook, but our events started to get more populated. We bit by bit, you know, started to sell out so I didn't have to push them so much. And word of mouth was totally doing the trick. And I've always loved that organic growth with any kind of project. And this was very much the case. It felt totally natural. And I, I didn't want to kind of do any advertising and our events were were, were pretty affordable, I suppose. In fact, after Yesterville, the only other paid event we had was uh, a monthly Yes Stories where uh, six to eight speakers would come in to a venue in London, usually kind of just downstairs in a pub and, and just share, share a five or 10 minute story about something they'd done. And it was always the same kind of vibe that we'd had at Yesterville the, uh, the October before and got everything just felt really, really good. It felt like there was enough demand to, to keep on going. It was a whole bunch of work, not just kind of like setting up these events, but mediating the Facebook group. As soon as we went over a thousand people, suddenly, uh, you know, companies were realizing that this was a really great demographic and outdoor loving mindful healthy group of people who were really active and and willing to get out there and do stuff and I'd spent so long just kind of batting companies away who were trying to promote their products just straight onto the group so yeah we had to kind of create general rules for that and keep the events going I was slowly then finding other people to host campouts and yes stories when I was away on expeditions and yeah the thing started just to snowball and and it turned into well, way more than I could have imagined after that first camp out. Around about the time that I decided to host that first Yes Tribe camp out, I also was, was thinking about another idea that had been brewing for me for a long time. I'd always been fascinated by the idea of tiny houses and, and, and living with minimal possessions. I guess I'd, been, I'd just been living out of uh, a bag, sometimes two, for the best part of a decade and learning how to make a living and travel and explore along the way. The idea of a tiny house was, for me, <laughs> quite a big thing. It was, it was properly sizing up. I'd have to buy more stuff. But every time I got onto a bus in London, I thought to myself, wow, what could you do with this if you took all the seats out? There's so much potential and space in this. One of the people who came along to a Yes Tribe camp out, I think maybe it was the sixth or seventh, and it was in Oxshot Woods. Towards the end of August in 2015, uh, a guy cycled up on a bicycle and introduced himself as Chris. He was an engineer for British Airways at Heathrow. And I immediately liked Chris. He was a brilliant lad. He was really, really friendly, super open. One of these beautifully candid, honest people. And I, I guess we just, we just clicked straight away. For a while, uh, I'd been a growth mindset project called Exploring Mindset. And I'd been doing it with an ocean advocate and, and skipper called Emily Penn. We at the time were, were sizing up for a trip at the end of 2015 along a stretch of the Mississippi River. And Chris ended up coming on that. Chris and I got on really well and I started to talk to him a little bit more about the Yes Bus, this, this concept that I'd had in my mind and now we had a community not only to fill a festival but uh, we had hundreds, maybe over a thousand people in the Yes Tribe group. It felt like it was time for some kind of HQ. 
And the natural leaning was not to get a place in the middle of London, but to form a countryside HQ. And for me, the, the most obvious answer, obviously, was to put a bus in the middle of the countryside and kind of built a campsite around it in a fire pit and, and basically a, a beautiful incentive for people to get out of the city away from all the stress and anxiety and overworking nature. Uh, that really brings people's mental health down and give them a good reason, a good place to go and hang out, work, get creative, come up with new ideas, plan new adventures, meet cool people. Um, within within kind of touching distance of London, where the tribe was certainly centralised back then, but it's still far enough away to, to feel like you could probably have a break. So I'm not very good with my hands and I've always thought uh, along the way that, you know, if I'm not very good at something, I'll find somebody else who is good at that thing and will we'll, we'll partner up. You should always outsource your weaknesses. You can't learn everything. You can't be totally in control as much as it kills me. So... Chris and I got to chatting and uh, in early 2016 we started looking around for potential land where we could put a bus. We visited a farm near Watford in the north of London. It wasn't quite right and we realised that through that discussion with that farmer uh, and also a few more email conversations I'd been having that it was really hard to try and show people what we wanted to do just through words when we didn't even know what this project could be. So after visiting that farm we, we went to a local Greasy Spoon cafe and got a late breakfast and just got chatting and we were both really excited about the idea of getting a bus on this project but had no idea what to do about the land and I turned to Chris and said why don't we just buy the bus and find the land later and we shook on it I, I guess the handshake deal was that Chris would use all of his engineering might and know-how to spend a while converting the bus and then once it was ready I guess I'd take the lead in the project and turn the bus and the space that we'd ultimately create into a workable project and ah, it just it's just been a, a lovely circular journey ever since then Chris spent the best part of 18 months almost two years actually just converting the bus in a boatyard in Shepparton near where he lives in West London. And then before our third Yesterval, uh, which is now held in Brinsbury campus near Pulborough and Billingshurst in West Sussex, two days before the festival in October 2017, the bus drove up the track through the gates and parked itself on a spot where it sits right now. And back then it was just a muddy field in October preparing for a big old 500 people coming in for the third Yesterval and there was nothing else around. And now, just a few months later, we have an amazing site. We have a huge fire pit over in the distance. We've got a second venue, which is a Lotus Bell tent where we have little workshops and, and people can sleep at night. It's kind of like low-level glamping. We've got signposts all around, hammocks. We've got a shipping container, which is all cladded with wainy timber which contains everything that say yes more needs for for yesterval and the running of the bus on a regular basis we opened the doors to the bus in april officially we've completely landscaped the whole plot and worked hand in hand with brinsbury campus um, we give them a hundred man hours a year plus a little bit of rent uh, to have this spot but it's just been an absolutely amazing project chris has put so much time in as have so many other people in the course of say yes more's life we now have a team of 25 regular volunteers we've got 
little Yes tribes in 10 different locations around the UK outside of London and also a whole bunch of foreign tribes from Belgium to Melbourne in Australia, South Dakota, Denmark and a few more chucked in as well, a really active one in, in southern Germany. And it's just amazing what this has turned into. So many people have dedicated thousands of hours accumulatively to, to making this non-profit project work. We don't really have a great deal of capital. The idea for Yesterville, and it continues to be uh, our driving force, is to uh, any profits that come out of that festival, that's what we use to to grow the tribe and put on events in the following year. And while it requires a huge amount of time and dedication, and gosh, so many other projects, I guess the base message all comes from that original motto, make the most of life. Learn about yourself by saying yes to different things, even if you're scared of them, even if people around you are questioning why you'd want to do such a silly thing in the first place. Uh, it's about trusting your gut and really making your time on this planet count and also being happy not just kind of creating a brand out of yourself or some kind of new freelance success but be happy just playing a small part in something so much bigger and that's what i really love about the tribe and so many of our projects they simply couldn't happen with just one person sometimes it takes one or two people to have an idea and and create that foundation but so many other people can benefit after that. I think right now the, the Yes Tribe on Facebook sits around six and a half thousand people. We've got almost 8,000 people on the Say Yes More page. We've got thousands more on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and then of course we've got individual tribes uh, dotted around the country which each have their own Facebook group. So if this kind of thing has perked up your ears and you're not already involved, then first of all, thanks for listening uh, all the way through. That's a pretty epic endurance effort as it is but please do have a look at sayyesmore.com and all of the projects that we're running to regular events on the bus please come on down here you'll uh, see exactly why I'm totally in love with this place we've got projects like the water bike collective sending a water bike for five months along a thousand mile route with the different riders every single day collecting a million pieces of litter and other impactful things oh I should have said you know Yesterville uh, our second and third years they were the first single-use plastic free festival in the UK and we did it on a really minimal budget but the lessons that we learned on that we've we've shared with a whole bunch of other festivals and slowly spreading that message as well gosh so much has happened since that first ever camp out but in many ways it really does feel like we're just getting started in september 2018 the yes tribe was chosen by facebook as one of their favorite global groups that show off just how communities bred on social media can have a great impact offline and along with Facebook's support, we've got so many cool ideas that make the next chapter in Say Yes More's life very exciting indeed. If you haven't yet become a part of the Yes Tribe, just head over to facebook.com, type the Yes Tribe, there's no space between Yes and Tribe, and join the group. We also have channels on Instagram and Twitter for both at the Yes Tribe and at the Yes Bus. And of course, we've got a super website that highlights everything we do and stand for at sayyesmore.com. At Say Yes More, we love to offer opportunities to others. So if you'd like to get involved in any aspect of our work, then please get in touch through sayyesmore.com, Facebook or Instagram and let us know. Thanks again for listening. Wherever you are in the world, make sure you subscribe to this podcast as we'll have plenty more stories, audio blogs, interviews and much, much more coming soon.